Welcome to Beyond Synth. Please note, Beyond Synth is an explicit program and may contain inappropriate language. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Hey there, welcome to the show. My name is Andy Last. This is episode 43 of Beyond Synth. And my name is Andy Last. Did I already say that? Just in case you guys were wondering, my name is Andy Last. And the show is called Beyond Synth. Welcome. We are on Power85, power85.com, playing awesome music all the time, except when it is interrupted by this show. And we still play cool music, but then you have to listen to me talk for a while. But I have great guests on. We have a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode where Joe Wood uh, from Le Cassette and I made a song. And we uh, worked on it over the course of the show. And then I did a little bait and switch at the end as a little joke. But uh, that was still the song that we we worked on. And uh, I think at some point I'm going to put the song online. I mean, we've been, you know... Soon it's going to be that I've been making Beyond Synth for three years, and it's always been a money sink, as in uh, the money goes away, you know, and uh, I've always wanted to find some way to, if people wanted to, you know, uh, donate to the show or support the show, that I would give them something worthwhile. I never wanted to just say, hey, give me money. Um, I always wanted to have something, and I... And I I just didn't want to do simple products or whatever. So I think, hopefully, and this would be a great plan, would be to put out some sort of kind of comedy synthwave EP that might incorporate the track that I worked on with Joe and maybe a few others. And that would be a lot of fun. Today on the show is Hoo-Ha, okay? It's Mike Mendoza. I haven't actually had him on properly since the second episode of Beyond Synth. All the way, all those years ago, Mike's always been important uh, because he basically introduced me to the synthetics community, and that's how I got the ball rolling with the show, and uh, so he was on episode two, and we really haven't done a proper follow-up in all these years, even though we do keep in contact, so we're going to hear from Mike. We actually talk for a fair bit, so it's a pretty hoo-ha heavy episode, much like all the episodes, except this time I'm speaking with the... uh, the artist hoo-ha, as opposed to the thing hoo-ha, which is a slang term for uh, women's privates. But uh, it's not that kind of a show, okay? It's a classy show. So listen, we're going to listen to a few songs, just a few, and then we're going to go to my chat with, with Mike. But let's listen to his song, and I've got some more stuff to say. So here's a cool track by a group called Video Video off the album Planet of Storms, and this is a track called Love Beat. Steps 
And that was Love Beat by Video Video off the album Planet of Storms. That's a cool track. Remember that all the songs that I play on the show, I will give you all the links in the SoundCloud. So the show airs 8 p.m. Thursday nights, blah, blah, blah. And there's a replay at 1 p.m. Saturdays. That's Eastern Standard Time, both of those. 8 p.m. Eastern, Thursdays, and a replay on Saturdays. And then the show goes up on SoundCloud. And when it's on SoundCloud, and that's where it rests, so for a lot of people, the majority of people who listen to the show listen to the SoundCloud, um, just check the episode information, and then you'll see a big list of links from all the artists that are featured on the show, so you can check out their pages and check out their music. Uh, because that's the whole point, man, is to check out the music. Please follow me on Twitter. I am at Andy Last on Twitter, and that is the official Twitter for Beyond Synth and any of my other side projects. That's not actually true, because I have a side project called Circuit and Breaker, which is a retro-inspired science fiction show that i have not been working as hard on as i would like you can follow that too that's is it at circuit and breaker shit i don't even remember anyways at andy last on twitter and remember if you have any letters or or questions or comments that you want to send into the show please write them into the facebook the facebook page the beyond synth facebook page facebook.com slash beyond.synth.podcast and send me a message and if you have music If you're an artist and you want to have your music played on the show, you can message me there, too. You can also message me on Twitter and SoundCloud. Really, I accept messages from everywhere. I don't care. Uh, And send me links, and then I'll uh, play tracks and stuff. And that's that's basically the point. But um, I do, you know, since people have always been sending me tracks since the start of this show, I'm going to say something now. Be polite in the email. (laughs) Because... There's nothing more annoying, and I, I'm not trying to be a dink or whatever, but it's just when, sometimes I'll just get a message, it's just a link, you know what I mean? Like, you can say hi, you know, we can have a little conversation or whatever, it's all good. I'm not saying you gotta butter me up, but I mean, like, you know, be be pleasant. Have you ever sold things online? I sold things online, like Craigslist and stuff, and sometimes you'll deal with people who just uh, are very rude, you know? Like, you say, hey, I'm selling this uh, video game for, uh, you know, 25 bucks. Then you'll just get a message that just says $5. No, hello, or how's it going? Or, hey, man, I'd like that thing. And it just, yeah. Anyway, so today's rule is uh, be polite. And that's a rule of thumb for everybody anyways. Speaking of which, I want to do something here. I want to do a little shout-out to some of the people who have been following the show, some from the very beginning, others who have like come along the way and been very sort of vocal of their sort of support of Beyond Synth. Now, this isn't all of them. I just ran through Twitter really fast uh, and reminded myself of people who I know have always been sort of supportive of the show. And I want to say that I do appreciate it, okay? It's really kind of you, and uh, and it means a lot to me. So, listen, at Retrowave Dave and at Bit Apart. Bobby B and Knox Sucks and Zach Sai and Plumsky and Zen Frazier and the Baron 1981 and Yan. All you guys, I did, that's not all of you. I know that. These are the ones that just came to mind because I just did a quick scroll through my, through my uh, Twitter account and my Facebook. But, uh, you know, you guys are there. You're always uh, retweeting for me and, and saying nice things about the show and, and participating and stuff. And, uh, and it means a lot, man. And don't feel bad if I didn't mention you. 
Uh, it's just because I literally just did a really quick thing. And the problem is sometimes on Twitter, people change their names and they change their profile pictures. And so if I'm scrolling through, if I remember you as like a different image, then I probably would have like skipped past it and been like, oh yeah, listen, let's listen to another song. Uh, this is a song by Sam... I'm going to say Sam Kuzel or Kuzel. Sam Kuzel? There's like a funny upside down U over the Z. Anyways, this dude uh, makes cool music, and this was from uh, something called the Angel of the City original soundtrack, and this was the end credits song called Keyboard Empire. And that was Keyboard Empire, in brackets, end credits, by Sam Cousel, uh, from the Angel of the City soundtrack. He's also got a side project with some other people, and that's a track I'm probably going to play uh, in the weeks ahead. And sorry if I'm saying your last name wrong, I'm saying it's Sam Cousel, but it could be Cousel. Hey, it could be like Cousul. There's this, there's this kind of upside down U over the Z. He can correct me on Twitter. 
you can correct me on Twitter. Um, what else, man? What other business in there? We're going to get to my interview with Hoo-Ha shortly. Uh, I know it sounds like I'm kind of talking in fast forward today, but I feel like I have a lot to get through because the actual hoo-ha portion of this show is the majority of the show. Don't forget to check out soundcloud.com slash beyondsynth. That is where all the episodes get posted. And at Power85 Radio, that's the uh, that's where this show plays uh, for the uh, Thursdays and Saturdays. At Power85 Radio, that's 24 hours a day synthwave radio. And... Also, there's a show you should listen to as well, and it's on Friday nights, and it's called Project Friday, and it's been going for a long time, and it is a straight-up radio program where they play lots of cool music hosted by a guy called Steve, and I guess we're just going to listen to one more track, and uh, then we'll get to Hoo-Ha, where we'll be playing lots of tracks, but they will be Hoo-Ha-related tracks. So this is a, a cool little song. This is called... Shopotheosis by USA Gold.
And that was Shopotheosis by USA Gold off USA Gold, the album. USA Gold. Anyway, that's a cool song. That dude uh, actually did some collaborations with uh, DAD on DAD's album. Anyways, listen, guys. We've been having a lot of fun here today. So let's now go to my conversation with Hoo-Ha, a.k.a. Mike Mendoza. Hope you guys are enjoying the show. And, uh, yeah. All right. Here's Hoo-Ha. All right. I'm here with uh, Mike Mendoza. Hoo-Ha. Bringing it to ya. Always with that booyah. We'll disregard that. It's been a long time since... You don't disregard that. That's my tagline <laughs> catchphrase. That's part of my character, right? You don't... Uh, I know you're the host of this show, but uh, you got a little bit of... Um, is this louder now? Yeah, there it is. Mm. You sound very I, nice. I had my pad on, I guess. I should uh, point out to the listener that you and I did not do a pre-interview. And uh, Who needs him? We're, we're golden. I guess. So anyways, you haven't... (laughs) (laughs) All right, listen to me. You were on the show. You're on the second episode of Beyond Synth. Yeah, that was like 1996, I think. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's weird because I have people who I talk to regularly, and I forget that, like, oh, yeah, it's been years since they've been on the show, but since I speak with them regularly, it's like I don't notice. When you were on, and that was when the show first started, and I didn't know how many tracks I was going to play when I talked to people, and so I would do like a one-hour interview and play like two songs, and <laughs> and then sort of things changed as it sort of went along. Yeah. But uh, what have you... That's not true. And then you were on again with Edward, uh, Sunglasses Kid, and we did an episode uh, talking about songs we liked, and that's when I got introduced to Blushes and some other things, and then... Oh, yeah. That was a good episode. And then, uh, have you been on since? No. Like, not even as, like, a... We've tried to, and, like, you've tried to have me do a catch-up, like, for five minutes. But, um, hasn't happened. You've definitely spoken to Vincenzo, like, ten times more than you've (laughs) spoken to me. Well, This guy is, like, he's a mainstay of your show at this point. He's a funny guy. So what what has been going on, man? Catch everybody up. Last time I talked to you, it was ten years ago. I had just discovered the synthwave scene. You introduced me to uh, some people who have become, you know, internet friends. I told you that I liked your song "Outrunning" and "Khaki," and uh, we played samples of those. <laughs> that's what happened, and that's it. I, <laughs> if anyone wants to uh, to see the live version of what I'm describing. <laughs> They can go back and listen to episode two of Beyond Synth back in the day. We actually recorded a whole test episode because that was back when I was still trying to figure out how to actually make a show. That's right. And we recorded like we recorded like a one hour thing. That's how we met because we recorded this test and then we recorded the next day the real episode. And we got along swimmingly. Yeah, I think I talked about Spider Man for a while. We're pals. I think you talked about Batman too. Yeah. I got to work on how I sort of balance how much I talk versus how much other people talk. Because, like, you know, when uh, when Von Herzog was on the show and he uh, he talked about some heavy stuff and, you know, the death of his dad and stuff like this. And so I was completely quiet for a really long time because I know when it's uh, when it's not cool for me to chime in with a terrible <laughs> joke. Then I, then I have uh, Damon Hatfield on the show. And I think for some reason I had this urge that now that I had the, the audience of someone who's in games journalism... I decided that he should know every single one of my video game opinions. So, so literally, so 
<laughs> so uh. there's like literally 30 minutes of my <laughs> of my Damon interview that is just me just talking at him about everything and he's just sitting there like uh-huh mm-hmm. well that's classic mm-hmm. andy that's oh, yeah. that's that's the beyond synth magic <laughs> i think my fans would probably be fine with it here's the thing i love when you just talk and talk and talk because it makes me realize like i think uh, like as a show dude that the other guy is just sitting there he's the one being interviewed and you're just going i just it cracks me the hell up when i listen to it <laughs> Like a lot of your episodes are really great. Well, thanks, man. So let's talk about your music because it's been years. I know you've been putting out like random tracks here and there and some collabs with people. And I don't think I really talked to you extensively about them. Like you send them to me and I'll be like, hey, that's a cool song. And then we sort of move on. Yeah. So there's some stuff from before uh, that I liked that we can talk about. So we're going to go back in time here because it's pretty much been like two years. So talk to me about... You did, like, a, a horror-themed one with Stellar Dreams, which was two years ago. That was 2013. Probably for Halloween, I imagine. They had a song called Terror Street that was released in, like, April of 2013, and I really liked it. And I just I came upon it again for some reason around Halloween time, and I messaged them. Really cool guys. I talked to, was it Kyril? I don't know how to say his name. I never mm. know. They are Malaysian. They are, from Kuala Lumpur. And they're big, too. Like, they're really big over there. So I, I was like, you know, I'm just a little dude messaging these like bigger name guys. And they were like, sure, just do it. Here's the wave file. Go nuts. They sent me like the mastered wave file. And I just like recorded vocals over it. I turned it into some like, the theme was around uh, a party, a Halloween party in a suburban neighborhood. And Steven Seagal shows up and he, he turns out to be the killer. <laughs> right? Doesn't that like sound amazing? There's breakdowns. There's like a little TV retro intro that I made. Um, that was a great fucking track, I think. All right. This is a tangent, but it's about Steven Seagal. Yeah. Which we will talk about after we play the song. <laughs> this is the new thing, by the way. I throw it at songs. <laughs> so let's... <laughs> so let's... Don't edit this out. Let's listen to Terror Street, which is uh, by Stellar Dreams featuring Hoo-Ha. Uh, Halloween themed track which is great because Halloween was a month or so ago and here is that song and then uh, we'll be back with more Mike Mendoza Ow! Welcome back to the Late Late Movie Tonight's special Halloween double feature will conclude with Terror Street Starring Steven Zagal as the uninvited guest. Enjoy the show.
gonna be the hottest Halloween block party in a decade. Everyone was invited. Things were going well until a very special guest showed up. Uninvited. It's Steven Seagal. He's bringing the punch. And it's going to be killer. Also, the party was happening on top of an ancient Indian burial ground. So be on your best behavior if a tribe of undead Navajo rides up to say, How is the party going? The producers of Three Men and a Baby bring you Terror Street. was terror street that's kind of cool which you uh, did some vocals on by stellar dreams all right i liked using my own vocals as an instrument i edited a lot of my singing um there's parts of it that it's like oh, oh, oh like i use it as a synth basically so what were you doing for that like were you actually pitch bending and stuff i pretty much laid down three or four like oh's or something and then i put them all together and then i i looped like a section of it And then I started playing it on my keyboard as an instrument. Oh, cool. Yeah. So you were saying before, anyways, these lyrics were about Steven Seagal. Now, Steven Seagal has these straight to, like, video... I think there's, like, a series of, like, three or four movies where he's playing the same character. Uh They're on Netflix. I don't remember what they're called, but they all have really amazing titles. But I'm going to play a sample now, because this is, like, one of the best quotes I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) Anyway, I'll tell you what the quote is, because it's amazing. So at the end of this film, but this is what happens right before it cuts to black. It does this close-up of Steven Seagal, and the guy says, you're never going to catch these guys. They're ghosts. And then he like walks out of the room, and then Steven Seagal's left alone by himself. At which point, Steven Seagal says, well, the only... No, <laughs> hold on. I got to get it right. <laughs> okay, no, I can't do it until I watch the quote. I need to see it again. Great segue. All right, so I think it was from the movie Force of Execution. Force of Execution? Well, there's this series where he plays this character called Alexander Coates. There's uh, Force of Execution, 
Maximum Conviction. These were totally Thesaurus titles. Mercenary Absolution. <laughs> Cyborg Nemesis. <laughs> that sounds awesome. All right, I think it must be. Anyways, my buddy- is that the same series too, the Cyborg Nemesis? Because it, it doesn't have the uh, the shin. There's a shun at the end of every one of those titles. <laughs> the thing is, Steven Seagal in these movies, like what drew me to him originally was they were on Netflix and the picture of him looked so phony because he has this clearly like painted on black hair. <laughs> um, and But it's done way too thick. It's like, you remember those old infomercials with Ron Popeil where he had like the spray on hair? The spray, yeah, yeah. And the way it makes people look, it's like once you're a man who reaches a certain age, you're not supposed to dye your hair black anymore lest you look like a vampire. Right. Right, because like, that's you're not supposed to when old men start where their eyes start going gray and they lose the color but they still have jet black hair like all you can think of when you look at them is that they're gonna fucking suck your blood or whatever so (laughs) steven seagal clearly like his hair isn't supposed to be this black and they photoshopped the shit out of this picture so he looked like he looked like a playstation 2 game like a render but not like the video game part but like the part where there would be like a movie scene yeah and they would cut back to gameplay and that's what it looked like. And I just would look at this picture and just be like, what the fuck is wrong with this stupid picture? And then I watched the, and I watched bits of the movie and it was terrible. Then I fast forward to the end and it was funny because um, in all these movies with Steven Seagal, he's always wearing like, he's had his collars up and he's really not trying. Like, it's really awesome. Like all the fight scenes, they're all shot in close up and everyone's like flipping around him as he's just like, it doesn't even look like it, he wants to stand. He just sort of rests his hands on his gut. Like he puts his hand, he puts his hands together like over top of each other and rests them on top of his belly and then just talks in that Steven Seagal way of like it's it's like he it's like he's putting in so little effort. It's it's very entertaining. Cuz cuz even like it, when he talks it's just all like yeah, we're going to find those guys. We're going to find those guys. Like that's all he like that's how he talks and that's how he acts as well, so he he doesn't really move. And then the end of this movie, and it must be Force of Execution, so there's a series, he plays the same guy, and he's always wearing turtlenecks and collars, and I was trying to figure out, like, what's up with this? Like, all these movies, he keeps wearing, like, the same outfit, and my my buddy's like, because he's covering his neck, because he's got a big fat man neck. And I didn't realize, I'm like, oh, you're right. And so we started making a joke, watching through the scenes, going, is there a scene in this film where his neck is not covered up? And it always was, and sometimes it would be, like, in funny ways, where, like, it would be a collar that just is conveniently positioned, so it was always covering his neck, or he's wearing <laughs> turtlenecks, or he has, like, this coat that he, like, zips up all the way to the neck like nobody does. It was awesome. Have you seen Lawman? Was that the TV show? The TV show where he... Because he's an actual sheriff in, uh, in New Orleans. Is he still? New Orleans. Yeah, he, he, like, he's a legit cop there. But, like, because he's Steven Seagal, he goes into, like, these random domestic situations with like SWAT teams and tanks and shit it's really amazing to watch and then at the end he's always like remember how in the uh, the Ozzy Osbourne TV show where it's just Ozzy Osbourne hanging around his house yeah 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 it's like Steven Seagal hanging around his house and I'm just training my dogs today and like you know behavior training you gotta be aggressive you gotta be the pack leader man you got and like mm-hmm. he talks like he's totally Steven Seagal but it's it's very very weird to see him doing domestic shit and not killing karate ninjas yeah <laughs> but then like he would go out and just a drunk guy on the street and be like hey man you just gotta go back inside man you can't be out here man and he's got like 14 other cops by him as if the drunk guy is a, a legit threat or something yeah it's a very entertaining show yeah i should have i my issue is um i don't like steven seagal at all <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I really don't like it. 
again, it's just one of those things where, you know, when people love 80s movies and 80s action and Steven Skull always comes up. And I've always found him, and this is my personal opinion, incredibly unlikable. Like, he just seems weird and he looks like he would be a jerk in real life. And whenever I've seen him in interviews, he comes across as very strange like just really quiet and looks like he has like zero sense of humor like just negative sense of humor (laughs) and i remember it's the funniest thing i ever saw dl hughley say was when they were on like they were on leno together Uh and and it was like steven seagal was on there like talking about these essential oils he was selling or something and then dl hughley like got in and was like the next guest and then he sort of turned to him he's just like man you are one serious dude and like It really made me laugh because, uh, like, Steven Seagal just doesn't smile. Like the dude, no, just, he doesn't smile. He never laughs. He just—I don't know—and I just, I just never. To me, you know, like I've, I've, I've always liked Dolph Lundgren and stuff. Like he, to me, that guy just seems like he's there's more charm to him or something. Like, you know, a, he, like a, he's just a cool dude in real life. Yeah, there's something I don't know what. That's it how is. I feel about Chuck Norris. I feel like Chuck Norris is just like the coolest guy. I'm like, come over, we'll have burgers. You know? Yeah, no, I don't. Uh, for me, with Chuck Norris, it's just I think he's terrible. But like, I don't just. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he seems like he seems pleasant. Whereas- like he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. And Steven Seagal is like, serious. I'm gonna kill some ninjas and yeah, shit. Ah, uh, that dude, man. I wish he's, I- he's very into like Zen and like meditation too. Okay, listen. I'm going to turn on Netflix because I have to see this quote and I'll, <laughs> and I'll play it to you, okay? Hold on. Force I of execution. He- you talk for a second. I got to take my headphones off and walk to my PlayStation. Andy's got Netflix on his PlayStation. I do too, but I watch it on my computer. Uh, I recently got Sling TV. It's pretty dope. 20 bucks a month. Get It's like basic cable, TBS, AMC, TNT, basically all the cool movie channels. Every weekend they're playing like Independence Day and they're playing Lord of the Rings. Bad Boys 2 is always on. The Dark Knight. That's all they played this year. Anyway, that's what I'm doing and I also pay for Netflix. I wasn't a Netflix fan just because it's trendy and I don't really like what's popular for some reason. Oh, is he back? Hey, man. Oh, there he is. All right, I'm going to sign into Netflix here. While I search for this (laughs) this Steven Seagal clip... (laughs) Which has now become the theme of our conversation today. Uh-huh. What, <laughs> why don't you tell me about uh, another older track from one year ago, the uh, track you did with uh, Highway Superstar, All Around the World, featuring Hoo-Ha. No, see, this, I don't. when I collab, I don't do it as a featuring. I always have to be like, it's this guy and Hoo-Ha. Mm. And I always put them first, you know, just because just I'm a nice guy. They get the the first credit, but uh, I don't ever want to be like featuring. You might want to tell your SoundCloud page that because I'm looking right now at Highway Superstar. Oh, that's because it's his. It's on his SoundCloud, and I reposted it. I never uploaded it to my own SoundCloud. I see. It was on his album. It was just like a, a random track that he like. He finished like music, but never like went over the top to finish it and he sent it to me and i did vocals and it was really cool i liked calling the both of us out the only hoo-ha and the only superstar because that rhymes right Mm -hmm. um (laughs) and i feel like no one else in the retro synth community like goes out of their way to do that about themselves oh does the name drop no no one name drops and like i don't know i feel like we should be doing that more often we should be all Jason Derulo, like, at the beginning of all of our tracks about ourselves. Like, yo, hoo-ha, <laughs> this hoo-ha tonight. I'm gonna well, I'm sing sure, to you, girl. 
it would be sort of out of place, especially from those artists who don't actually do vocal tracks. Right. So it is still like a, an instrumental track, and for no reason, a voice comes in and just says, Protector 101. <laughs> Protector 101. And then the rest is just instrumental. But no, like, Sebastian Gample, like, on his tracks, I would love if Tommy Reeves was just like, Tommy Reeves and Gample, you know? Okay, I'm just, I've got the, okay, so let's listen to that track now. It's called All Around the World featuring Hoo-Ha, and we're going to listen to it, and then we're going to be back here with some more Hoo-Ha. Get it, girl.
right now I'm okay violence of action force, force of execution fuck it must be force of execution that's gotta be it is that Danny Trejo what's he doing in this he's in everything yeah I guess that's true alright and that was all around the world featuring hoo-ha alright so it is not from force of execution <laughs> we are now gonna check true justice violence of action oh this is it cause I already have it lined up <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're probably not going to hear this. I do hear some of it. Okay, I'm going to turn it loud and I'm going to move my microphone. I was going to say, put your microphone to the TV. Okay, here we go. Well, I'm kind of looking into that as we speak. You say that this goes to Zaylon, right? Man, you know, if this is my high-level target that I'm supposed to take out, I wonder why they all trying so hard to kill me. See, Sarah saw something, man. And I believe whatever that she saw, they tried to kill her for that, too. Stuff like that I'm trying to figure out, you know? And put the ghost in the ground. Yeah, well, it takes a ghost to kill a ghost. Right. Is that it? Yeah. So, look. It takes a ghost to kill a ghost. And I am a ghost. And so the, I am a ghost. Now, you have to watch the movie to truly appreciate. So, it's just... Well, it's I'm deep. glad you played, like, that much of it. Because that was... <laughs> like, you played, like, a little bit before. You didn't just play the line. You played a little bit of the setup. And I thought that was really badass that you did that. Because he, he... Like, I, I totally get what you're saying. The way he was talking is, like... Like it's almost like he's annoyed to be there, <laughs> and he's always sitting or standing and resting his hands on his gut. And he, so the line, and I love it so much because if you you watch the clip, and he's just sitting there, and he's it, at this point, his friend has left. So his friend says, "We got to find this ghost." And then like, yeah, why'd they tell that girl and kill the Then the guy leaves, and then it just zooms in on Steven Seagal to himself, out loud, saying... <laughs> he's by himself. Yeah, he's by himself in that scene, going, well, it takes a ghost to kill a ghost. And then he nods, like he like he's agreeing with where his brain's going with this. <laughs> and I'm a ghost. And then it cuts to fucking black with the fucking credits. Like, that's the end of that movie. That's the end of the movie? That's the end of the fucking movie that's the final line it takes a ghost to kill a ghost and then him nodding and i'm a ghost like he's so proud that he said that out loud to nobody (laughs) but does awesome is there any resolution or is it a cliffhanger to the next movie i guess it's a cliffhanger for the next movie fucking kill of murder or whatever because it kind of sounds like there should be like 20 more minutes at least you know, like the final <laughs> act or something. Well, I'm sure if you watch the film in its entirety, you wouldn't be asking for I will not. Minutes. I won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> just hearing him talk, like he just sounded like lazily apathetic. Oh, yo, dude. <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if literally all his dialogue was whatever. Would, like it would, it would totally suit the tone and what he was doing on screen. <laughs> Anyways, man. So uh, what's been what's 
There's a nice segue. What's been going on lately with you? I've been doing hoo-ha tracks. I've been working on a series of vocal tracks to because I really wanna really wanna drop an album. So bad. So bad. <laughs> Because I want to tour. I really want to tour. I want to do the pop star, rock star thing. Is that I'm how tired. you say bad? What? Like, when you say bad, do you actually say it bad? Like that? Bad. No, no, I, like, I say bad. Okay. But uh, sometimes I get real Jewish on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really Jewish. It's just like, I don't know. Like, like kind of, oh. <laughs> it's, okay, it's like, it's based on this thing that um, uh, Martin Short was doing on Saturday Night Live. It was a Christmas episode, and he was a wacky character. It was a segue, like a tiny little sketch leading into Paul McCartney's um, Simply Heaven. He was doing that on the show, mm-hmm. and they wrote some little sketch to introduce him. So Martin Short is like at a community meeting, and they're like, well, any ideas for what Christmas song, like original Christmas songs, and he does his original Christmas song, and it's fucking bananas. It's amazing and it's hilarious. And he's like, "Holiday time, holiday cheer," and he's doing his like classic dance. And he stops the song and he's like, "Could you please pick my song? Because I want that. I want it so bad." <laughs> and like my girlfriend and I reference the hell out of it, like pretty much every day. That's how we talk. Is like, "I want it so bad." <laughs> I live my life in references these days. Yet yeah. I'm 29. I'm just basically a collection of references. I think that's the existence of people our age. Yeah, it's like that's all I'm. Fuck, I've got buddies who like that's literally, and it, but it's gotten to the point <laughs> where the references don't actually have to be relevant anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so literally, like I'll just call and then I'll be talking to a friend and then I'll just. I mean, I, I don't even have an example, but, you know... No, like, I know just, what you mean. And, like, the entire conversation is just references. Yeah. And not even... And sometimes it's not even references to anything. It's references to old conversations you and your buddy had. Like, I've been busting out some, like, Emperor from Star Wars lately, but, like, with no... <laughs> there's no reason. You know, like, it just just, just happens. Tell me, uh... Let's, let's, let's talk about another tune here. I've been watching uh, Ninja Turtles with Jaunter. So, I've been saying a lot of, um... <laughs> We've been looking for you, Miss O'Neill. Well, that's my favorite fucking. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't I even? You I did that on one of the time slabs, and we, I was thinking about that every time a, a line would come up, and like these freaks, oh, yeah. these <laughs> turtles. Oh, and the other one that we really like, they're babies. Wait, nom nom. But isn't that uh, that's the second one, right? That's the second one, yeah. Because I know. Um, I, I know I talked about somebody about this exact same thing because they were talking about Ninja Turtles and I was talking about how I remembered watching the trailer so much as a kid and uh, having it memorized. So that's what that we are looking for you, Miss O'Neill, was from. <laughs> and the, we'll stop these freaks of nature. And then like would show these clips of like, but the turtles were in the shadows. And then uh, we've been looking for you, Miss O'Neill. And... Uh, <laughs> To me, that's. I think I've seen that trailer more than I've actually seen the film. Uh-huh. Because to me, Ninja Turtles is just we've been looking for you, Miss O'Neill. Like that's <laughs> what the movie is. I want to do a compilation of Retro Promenade um, based on the music from those movies. The John Dupre songs. Those are some badass synth songs. Like at the beginning of Turtles Two, and the beginning of the first one. Like there's. I, I would base an entire compilation of inspired music based on those two songs because they're so synthy and so retro yeah <laughs> well, that'd be so cool. if anyone's listening let's do it huh what do you think march 2016 
I want to drop an album because I want to tour. Um, I did it. I did my first ever like real live show in San Francisco this year. How'd that go? Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know the story, but um, <laughs> so great. Is that what you're saying? Uh, it had its ups and its downs, is what I will say. San okay. Francisco is a lovely city. Mm. I'm sure the people are great. I didn't really get to meet <laughs> any of those people. <laughs> but my experience was altered by some poor management, starting at the hotel and the airport. And I just had a really bad travel experience. The show was cool. Um, I played in a big club. It was super loud. There were drunk people dancing. That really excited me if people are dancing to my music that makes me happy yeah 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 so i got a i've got a show in the works coming up cool man at the grid a bar in uh phoenix arizona wait isn't that where the uh where they had that show that big one with everybody it wasn't at the grid the grid wasn't open yet um but protect protector 101 went there right yes i am yeah. thinking about the same thing right and i think ghost too yes I think we're thinking about the same show, but I'm not sure if that was at the grid yet. The grid, like, sort of opened, I don't know, maybe a month or two ago. Mike, the guy who runs it, super cool guy, he, like, he did a series of um, retro synth nights at other bars, and then he was like, screw this, I'm doing my own. And so when he told me we were talking about it, I was like, yeah, that sounds awesome, let me know. And then we were talking just last night about the grid is open they've already had one live show there they want to go do it and maybe have a little party so if anyone's the phoenix arizona area i might be selling tickets online in advance to cover my costs i think i might drive out there road trip (laughs) you know because i don't plan on making money i just plan on like exposing myself to people (laughs) (laughs) and all you need for that is a trench coat Woo! you don't even need money I need money for a trench coat, though. No, I'll just go steal it. I'll try to, like, come up with, like, ways to fund myself just to, like, get there and back or something. Well, you can get there on the air current if you have the trench coat, and then you just try and jump off something really high and, like, sort of open the coat up like a parachute and, like, sort of... And then have someone walk behind me and push the air so I, like, constantly glide. (laughs) (laughs) This is a great idea. This is a fantastic idea. Talk to me about the track That Thing. That Thing is my Carpenter-inspired track. I took the notes, you know, the bass line, the dum-dum, dum-dum. And then that was it. I kind of just did my own thing, and I went off from there. And I like the idea of doing spooky, scary kind of tracks. I'm not like a hard electro, like, dark synth guy. I don't really like that stuff myself, but I like the idea of soundtrack. I was, like, almost watching the thing muted uh, during one of the action scenes mm-hmm. with the dog actually it's just tense and like it, it went it's 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 a faster paced scene than the rest of the movie and it's like ah oh, it is screaming and stuff and that was like part of my inspiration for that let's listen to it now man this is uh, this is that thing by hoo-ha
And that was That Thing by yeah. Hoo-Ha. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wonder if anybody will remember that from three minutes ago. Have we ever talked about Retro Promenade? A little bit, but not really. Not in do this capacity. Do you wanna? <laughs> I wanna do it so bad! Talk to me about Retro Promenade, man. Alright, Retro Promenade. Let's see. I'm at my third year now, which is kind of bananas to me. I'm doing very successfully. We sold a shit ton of carpenter posters, and a lot of my shipping was international, so I basically broke even on it. But it feels great to be like a businessman, spreadsheets, accounting, and profit margins, and artist payouts, and compilate. It's like, it's really fun for me. I'm like a. I've always liked business shows and business games, like airline simulator games, and like business themed games i don't know that's just kind of my bag and like stats and numbers and percentages so this is like totally up my alley and i've i've found my niche a lot of people can't say that and i say to them whatever you do like to do do it more see what happens because this just started out as kind of like a hobby Mm -hmm. you know like your beyond synth thing like it was just oh i just want to talk to some dudes and now it's like a legit thing I wish that was the fucking reason. Hey, I'm, I'm talking to my wife one day, and it's like, you know, baby, I just, I just need to talk to some dudes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I like, I met all these dudes recently online. I, I want to talk to them. I want to talk to them. That's important to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then we got some stuff coming out. I, when is this coming out? November, maybe. Sure. <laughs> sure, whatever. Wait, actually, probably not. If we're because we're already going to be in November by next week. So this will probably be early December. Big cool thing, Harold Faltermeyer compilation. Ooh. Yeah. Imagine that. So um, just I've so we're a, clear, yeah. like Retro Promenade is a sort of you don't you don't refer to it as a label. So what do you what do you like to think of it as? See the thing is like there's a thousand labels. Because you put because you guys um you've put out a lot of really sort of cool uh compilations and interesting ones, like you did the uh, the Twin Peaks uh, trilogy of comps and the John Carpenter uh, one. What was the other one? And you see, those were uh, um, Tron. A Tron, yeah. That Grid, was my Grid that Knights. was my passion project. So, like the Twin Peaks, that was Lucy Black's passion project, and we just came together and like it just snowballed. You mm-hmm. know, like it, it it didn't really like have any lofty goals. Everything then, you say, what has a sexual <laughs> parallel. <laughs> Like every sentence you say, I'm always laughing to myself, thinking like, if anyone wants to like misinterpret that, it's like a sex thing, or like you, you could take it out of context and use it as a soundbite, as a news clip or something. <laughs> that was her passion. We just came together and it snowballed. Like okay, <laughs> and then me and uh, Jean Pierre mm-hmm. Van Damme, who is not French, <laughs> he's, he's German. Mm. Um, he was all about the carpenter, and I was like, "Let's do this!" Right, and um, and we got together and we had sex about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and then Tron. I was like, you know, I I really like Tron Legacy for some reason. In that part of the year, I was watching Tron Legacy like almost every week. Mm-hmm. I fucking love that movie. I think even more than the new one because that movie like. It's doing what we're doing, like retro synth now, thinking about the past, but like... I just need to confirm, did you say the right thing in that sentence just now? What? You said you, you like Tron Legacy even more than the new one. 
Oh no, I like the even old one more than the old one. Yeah, yeah, I do too. To, to, Tron is one of those movies though that because I really liked Tron Legacy. I thought it had a cool soundtrack. I know there's a lot of people who kind of hate on it, but I thought it looked cool and it was entertaining and uh, the soundtrack was cool. And I love um, the weirdo character that uh, Michael Sheen plays. <laughs> that like at the bar or whatever like that just that yeah. silly character but i um yeah because tron i don't know like the 80s tron is one of those things where it's cool to see images from it but it's a weird movie and yeah it's cool to think about and remember but watching the movie is a little weird i don't like the special effects in tron i find them upsetting like just how it, it looks like an old weird black and white movie the way that the people are made up yeah like you're watching like like it's almost like silent movie style makeup and then they have like the cartoon stuff like drawn over top of them and i just i i just when i watch it i just find it just kind of strange and it there's like a distance between me and what's happening it's just like yeah this is weird the only thing the only real negative i think i have for for tron legacy is just the the few short scenes where they do cgi jeff bridges in the real world at the beginning yeah like i don't mind cgi jeff bridges in the thing because it makes sense yeah because he's a program right yeah but but when they did those there's like two or three shots of him and it just looks weird like the one where he's leaving the kid in the bedroom and you're just like his son and then it just looks like his head sort of floating but like it just doesn't look right yeah he's like it's a weird computer head floating above a leather jacket yeah and like he does this weird kind of plastic looking smile and uh, the only movie I've seen so far where I thought, hey, they actually, I think they did it this time, as far as doing, like, CGI-looking heads is concerned, was Ant-Man. Michael Douglas? Yeah, the Michael Douglas at the beginning of Ant-Man. I thought, this looks pretty good. And I was looking for it. Like, I was actually staring at the theater, just looking at the face, going, like, looking for flaws. Because that's what I do when, like, because I read all these articles about how they did a good job. I'm like, yeah, I bet they did. And I went it. <laughs> and I went in almost there. sarcastically. Yeah, I bet it's really good. There's been lots of movies where they've done the CGI body double thing, and in Terminator Salvation, it was still like the. Uh, I was did- just about to bring up uh, the new one, Genesis. Mm-hmm. Terrible, terrible movie. Alex and I, John's and I went to go see it, and it's awful. We were talking for like six straight hours about how bad it was afterward. But I liked, I liked how they made old arnold looked it looks pretty fucking badass i will say this i do think it's a bad film <laughs> but it is better than the other two sequels yeah because at least this was the first sequel that they've made uh since part you know, part three and then salvation that actually felt kind of like oh at least they're trying to like make this like a terminator now it's not a good movie i enjoyed it but it's bad and like if anyone like argues and just like you like that piece of shit i'm like yeah you're right it was a piece of shit but I, for some reason, I was just happy to see sort of like familiar Terminator imagery, and at least like the movie had that. Whereas like Salvation hardly even had Terminators in it, right? And and uh, but the, and Part Three was basically a sequel. Yeah, like Part Three just uh, it's it, I don't know tonally is off putting. This film was bad, but it was uh, it, mostly like the story made no sense, and like the, and I love just the logic of. Well, we need a Terminator battery so we can make a time machine and go to 2017. It's like, hold on. You can fucking turn a Terminator into a time machine, but Skynet needs a football-sized fucking room to do it? But yet somehow you guys can go in time by just, like, disassembling a Terminator? Like, okay. And, like, we're supposed to Well, remember, to just- that was from 73 to 84. 
So I think a Terminator back in time may have all the time and resources to pull that off in nine years. Right? <laughs> no? Anyway. I think it was an amazing line when they're in the time machine room uh, in the future. Mm-hmm. And um, there's this one black guy. And he's he says something. It's his only line. And he's like, what if we use the Terminator thing and make our own time machine and go back in time? I'll say it. Like, <laughs> like he, it's like when CG does his thing in time slap. Like it's over the top, like '80s black guy voice. Like, what if we went back in time too? <laughs> but yeah, what are we talking about? Tron Legacy. That's mm. a good movie. And like, what I was trying to say was, it, it's in the style that we sort of vaguely remember about the '80s and growing up and childhood. But you know, like it's what we're doing today. That is, you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, no, they, they, it's exactly, you know, it's it's the neon, it's got that cool retro. It's like what yeah. I love, what I love about the synthwave scene is, in many ways, and maybe this is like sacrilege to say, is there's a lot of guys out there, guys and gals doing music that, although it's like based and very reminiscent of '80s stuff, and that's where like the inspiration is coming from. I like a lot of it better. You know what I mean? Because it's yeah, like, like they're, it's, they're, it's 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 its own thing, and it's very cool. And they're taking what I liked and basically just enhancing those things because a lot of times, and to be fair, I do like, uh, you know, like things that with, you know, Vangelis and, and Tangerine Dream and stuff like that. But what I like is when I hear, you know, like Ogre, who obviously I'm a huge fan of, when, when he does a, a soundtrack sort of album inspired by Tangerine Dream, I think it's cooler than Tangerine Dream because he's got these like very compact sort of songs. It's not like because a lot of Tangerine Dream tracks sometimes they'll go on for like ten minutes and stuff. Right. And he'll just he'll like take the essence of what I like about it and then put it into a nice thing and then have you know and uh, and I find that with a lot of with a lot of the music that that sort of people are putting out is like it's uh, it's it's concentrating what I thought was cool about that stuff and sort of uh, you know you know that just that made me think right now like when we're going back and looking at things and we're referencing Mario and Blade Runner and all the cool things that we like, all those things are there and they're stuck there. You can only discover as many new things as was there back in that time. But these days there are constantly new things to discover mm-hmm. that are in that same vein. So like you were saying about Ogre and Vangelis uh, and Tangerine Dream, I like Mild Perils album i forget what it is and like a lot of tracks are like seven minutes eight minutes and like sometimes i enjoy listening to like a really long track you know and followed by another one mm-hmm. um but how many times can i listen to the same tangerine dream album over and over you know what i mean yeah i think too uh, i mean to be clear what i when i was talking about like length of songs it was uh, to me that's like i do like long songs too it's just i'm it was sort of my roundabout way of getting to the the idea of no no i know what you're saying i'm just when you said that it made me think of mild peril because they have long songs and it's new stuff that's like the old stuff but like that's that's when like how many times can you listen to the beverly hills cop 2 soundtrack yeah. <laughs> like you can listen to it over and over but what you really want is another soundtrack is another version of it because you want more you know yeah 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 i mean that's definitely what this whole scene is all about and i'm happy about it because it's uh it, i like you know like yeah where, where something comes out and it has there's a familiarity to it but it's new it's like the perfect 
For me and for what I like, it's it's absolutely perfect because I'm a huge I'm huge nostalgic guy. But I also like to do and play like new games and watch new movies and stuff. And and so I love that there's this scene that sort of blends both of those things where I can listen to something new, but it's also ticking the nostalgic button at the same time. As and there's other artists that sort of do that in different ways. Like when I listen to like Dallas Campbell and stuff because. He uses all those weird, like, kind of 70s spacey synths and stuff, and, and then it brings me back to, like, my childhood, but I'm like, but it's, it's not, because it's new, but it's, you know, and it, it's, it's so strange. And, like, and like Phaserland stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely, like, there's all there's all sorts of... We could, do you want to just list a bunch of names? Yeah. <laughs> Phaserland. Also, <Hey>. Phaserland. <laughs> talk to me, uh, talk to me about your track... Cuteous, patootious, gluteous, your workout track. Yeah, uh, the inspiration was the 1987 Crystal Light World Aerobics Championships, hosted by Alan Tudyk. That's not his name. Alan Fick. <laughs> <laughs> you see how much I like A Knight's Tale? It's like always in my head. I'm always thinking about Alan Tudyk and shit. <laughs> Don't bring Tudyks into this. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then I tried to make a beat that matched the tempo of that video on YouTube. We're gonna work it.
And that was Cutiest Patootiest Gluteus Maximus. by Hoo-Ha. And I am, uh, I'm joined with Hoo-Ha, and we've been talking over all of your tracks. So tell me, we, you talked a bit about it before I pressed play on the song. Did we talk, or are we talking, we were talking over my tracks? Well, well, you talked about it a bit, and then I played the track. So tell me, tell me more. You, you were saying you were talking about how you, you wrote it, um, uh, inspired. This is by why the, I wanted to start this segment over. Be, <laughs> don't. Break I told you we should just start from the beginning. No, this is the same day. <laughs> don't break the illusion. So we. <laughs> this is one very natural, continuous conversation. Listen, you said... Listen, I don't remember what I was saying about it. Well, I'm going to tell you what you were saying. You said <laughs> that uh, you were inspired by the like the, the visuals and the tempo of that... Uh, the crystal light yes. thing. And then I pressed play on the song. Okay. And that was about four minutes and nine seconds ago. Well, everyone should watch that video. Look for it. I believe I mentioned it earlier in the episode today. Alan Thick. Alan Thick, but yeah, watch out for the entire thing because at the end, Alan Thick does a cheesy, like dad joke, machine gun fire monologue. It's kind of cringeworthy, but it's it's ama- it's like sickeningly amazing how <laughs> bad those jokes are. It's amazing to watch, and that's all I gotta say about my song, man. Cool, man. Well, what what have you been up to in the four minutes since we talked last? Uh, <laughs> um. <laughs> I've been listening to um, Champ. It's like some Japanese vaporwave stuff. I couldn't tell you what it is because I don't know how to read the sim- symbols. It's good though. You should listen to it. I should. It sounds really good by your description. Yeah, I wish I, I wish I could link it to you, man. I don't. So the bottom line is, it hasn't been a week because it's just been four minutes. But in that four minutes, did like a week's worth of events happen to you? Yes and no. Because viewers do want to know what us famous artists do in our spare time. I went to the Yankee Candle Store and I went and got some tarts. They had a sale, dollar a tart. And uh, (laughs) I like when my house smells like uh, Christmas trees all the time. Fair enough. So I spent like 20 bucks there. My wife put up the Christmas tree. Already? Well, technically it's December. In Canada? <laughs> oh, I know what you mean. Uh, listen, if you're gonna play your fucking time travel uh, back and forth radio <laughs> games on me, <laughs> you gotta like say a keyword or something. All right, we are recording this. this we gotta is live. Say, uh, in it's fucking December. December. Hold on, let me actually figure out what the date actually is. <laughs> okay, twelve. You wrote it down. Okay, then there's this week's. No, come on, you should just know it. It's today's date. Well, today is clearly December 3rd. December 3rd. Tuesday. Thursday. Thursday, December 3rd, Andy. Get it together. Except this is uh, an hour or so into the program. 7 p.m. Central. (laughs) Of course, I'm going to totally forget this, and then I'm going to just insert another episode before this one without (laughs) even thinking, and I'm like, oh, fuck. Anyways, the bottom line is it's December, so there's no problem that the Christmas tree's up. It is nowhere near mid-November. Is this a co-host episode or a catch-up episode? This is a catch-up episode because we're okay. playing hoo-ha tracks during your segment. Okay, I don't know if I should just break in and play other people's music. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now we're listening to Gunship. Uh, this is a great track. Well, I'll do because I'll just I'm just gonna have Gunship on, so I'll just have a Gunship episode. That's cool. 
I was just sorting through uh, that's my idea papers that yeah <laughs> good idea <laughs> should, I, should I interview synthwave artist if I'm at the supermarket and we're looking for something specific like I don't know uh, like gravy which by the way I haven't bought gravy in like two or three years no that's not true I bought gravy last year for Thanksgiving anyway it's been a long time since I bought the gravy <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm talking about the gravy and we'll come around a corner and she'll be like oh here they are I'll go oh okay cool I found it like clearly after she has found the gravy I'll take credit for it and I do this all the time you sound like a real hoot <laughs> You sound like a fun guy, man. We should hang out. I've completely changed to a different character within like four and a half minutes. Hmm. Well, a lot can happen in four minutes. The Mets lost the World Series. Did that happen? Is it Back to the Future? I don't know. The, uh, I, don't, I don't know too much about baseball other than... <laughs> <laughs> I understand this baseball conversation is going great. <laughs> I don't really know much about baseball. Crickets. <laughs> crickets <laughs> i should i should have cricket noises on hand actually you should so I do don't that have to, like dub them uh, in later i want an air horn sound speaking of um gravy uh one of your songs that's pretty gravy is a track called we're really gonna roll with the gravy segue <laughs> damn i wrote myself into a corner listen Apparently that was all written, I guess. <laughs> that whole gravy rant. Yeah, people expect nothing but the <laughs> utmost professionalism from this show. I'm going to come in all wasted like fucking uh, Orson Welles. That's my new thing. I want I want to make sure I do like the Orson Welles thing. <laughs> Welcome back to Party 85. <laughs> oh, I'll be honest, since this is a show and we play the synth music. Call my son. Oh, the French champagne anyway let's talk about because uh, <laughs> there's no way to segue out of that a track of yours that I dig this was a this was another collab short for collaboration collaborama and uh, this was one you did with Star Force a track called my fantasy my fantasana so how about we um, we listen to that now and then you can uh, you can tell me all about it. So this is uh, My Fantasy by Hoo-Ha and Star Force. Mm, this is a good one.
And that was My Fantasy by Hoo-Ha mm, that was a good Star one. Force. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Radio. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> so talk to me a bit about this track. What was the genesis? What is your relationship with Star Force? Who, where, and why? Uh, Mr. Kimi. Kimi? Is that how you say? <laughs> I can't. Sure. Uh, Kimmy, I don't know who talked to each other first. Now say his last name. Uh, Jarvanen. Is it? Yeah. Is that how you would say it? Is that even his name? Or am I just thinking of a different Kimmy? You know, how many Kimmys do I know? I've never tried to say his name out loud. I keep meaning to have him on the show. Jarvanen. Like, that was one of the first uh, albums I picked up. Maybe it's a uh, uh, yeah. Because he's from uh, Western, oh, yeah, Northern yeah, 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 Europe. Yeah, like, right. Anyway. Jarvanen. Kimi <laughs> Harvinen. Now he's Russian. I'll ask him, and then he can. Uh... We're talking about the guy who makes the music for Star Force. Star Force, good guy. <laughs> anyway, so you you guys who, who got he messaged me. I think he wanted to like work with me, and he was like, "I got some shit for you, uh, if you will." And then I heard it, and it was just like a a bass line and some drums, very simple drums. And I was like, Star Force, cool, super cool, excited. And I was super into it. And I worked on it for like 90 minutes. Came up with most of the music that you hear. I was just like, you know, I was on a roll that day. And uh, I had some demo lyrics that I sent him within like two hours. And he was like, wow, you work fast. And he's a Dracula. I can't, <laughs> I can't do whatever he is. Whatever, I don't even know what he is. I can't do it. So I think this was one of my first collabs where I was... Like, uh, I want to put hoo-ha and something. And he was like, wonderful. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) He requested his half of uh, any payments received in human blood. I don't think we've sold this. Have I? Oh, it's on Vox Populate too. Retro Promenade. I haven't even... I need to look at the sales for that one, too. Damn. That's off the record. (laughs) 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 I wouldn't know how much we made from this song, man. I like the chorus in this one. This was like one of my favorite uh, choruses of yours. It's catchy. I'm personally a fan of the part that where it's like Yahoo, that. I like because uh, that is. That's my favorite. Ah, uh, that's a, that's a good part. It's ET. It's ripped straight out of ET. It looks like you're going to have to split that blood money three ways. <laughs> blood money. <laughs> Kimmy wants some blood, and then fucking you're going to have to give some over to Amblin Entertainment. Amblin? Why, why not just, uh, you think Amblin owns all of John Williams' music? Look, someone wants blood, okay? Listen, we got, we got all this blood bags, and... It's See, it's only so me, Kimmy! Blah! <laughs> Give me Harvinen. Yarvinen? Is it Yarvinen? I don't know. He doesn't even know. He doesn't know. I probably shouldn't have said that E.T. shit out loud, huh? I'm gonna get sued. To me, I didn't hear that. I'm a world-famous pop star. <laughs> shouldn't have laughed at that. I don't care. I'm, I'm so cool. I don't even care. <laughs> I'm sticking on my tongue so far. So lyrically, though, like, what? Um, where did this come from? I just was rhyming things. There's no real uh, rhyme or reason. Look, well, there's a rhyme, but <laughs> I was just like writing fun things that rhymed that 
sort of always imply that I'm talking to a girl, maybe at a party, maybe there's dancing going on. A lot of my songs just have a general feel to it, because I feel like on the radio, there's always about, like, either a guy and a girl, or a girl and a guy, or another combination like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, so, like, that's how radio <laughs> pop songs go. It's like a guy talking to a girl on dance floor. And I think, I think that makes sense within the context of my lyrics, right? Yeah. Okay. There we go. <laughs> I sort of felt like it was like confrontational way. <laughs> I'm a pop star, Andy. No, I understand. Don't ask me again about her. Stupid. I shouldn't have signed into Facebook because I'm going to be mad. Why? Whenever I see those stupid sidebar things, Mr. Bean's wife is, is divorcing him due to his unreasonable behavior. <laughs> what? Is that real? Yeah. Is that a real thing you're just reading? Yeah. Rowan Atkinson, actor and wife of 24 years divorce on grounds of his, quotes, unreasonable behavior. <laughs> oh, never mind. It looks like he just he was having an affair with some young child. Oh, it's just one of those. Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean. He falls all over the place. He gets pie all over his this, face. Because all the pictures of Mr. Bean are so ridiculous. So every single thing will just be like, he's cheating with a younger woman. It's just these stupid pictures of Mr. Bean like making crazy <laughs> like faces. Making the crazy the faces? Camera. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, dude. So talk to me about your favorite pizza toppings. I'm a big fan of Pizza Hut. It's pretty consistent across the country. It's that magical mass marketing flavor. Mm-hmm. I like sausage on it. And I enjoy, enjoy the classic stuffed crust recipe. I had a burger the other day that was stuffed with cheese. What kind of cheese? Like cheese. Just the white stuff. It's white cheese. <laughs> Cheddar. No, um, it must have been mozzarella maybe or Swiss. Whatever's the cheaper cheese that you could have been Gruyere or Brie. I don't know. There's so much. Uh, well, it we'll wasn't ca- fucking Brie. I mean, like <laughs> it could have been Brie. You don't even know. And doesn't even know. And doesn't know. And has no idea. I know Brie. I know Brie. I don't. I'm not really like a fancy cheese guy. That's who my fantasy is about. A girl named Brie. Is it Brie Larson, the actress? Sure. Is she the one from Twenty One Jump Street? Hold on. <laughs> Internet Movie Database will solve this problem. This is a terrible episode. All right, hold on. He said, "Hold on." Okay. Brie Larson. Yes. Well, then, yes. Sure, it's about her. I like her. She's cool. Yep. She's also in Scott Pilgrim. Can you tweet her now that I wrote a song about her? Yeah, man. She's a big fan of the show. (laughs) Andy Les. Offer her a t-shirt. Like robots with ray guns. Yeah, I should. I should offer her robots with ray guns shirt. (laughs) 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 And the wristwatch he's been selling people. Uh how did that work? Like, do you think he contacted them? Like, hey, I got an idea for a watch. <laughs> <laughs> does it sound professional when I leaf through pages? It does. Uh, could you tap on something, like with a pencil? Yeah, hold on. Give me a sec. So, um... Oh, hold on. I'll, I'll write and I'll scribble into the thing. Oh, Talk yeah. Talk to me Steve about uh, how you would dictate your foreign policies. I can't just, hear it. No, I, just, I can't hear it. Uh, my <laughs> foreign policies. I, I saved you having one awkward ad lib. I'm going to. Um, I'm going to follow in Protector 101's wake. I'm going to Japan next. What are you going to do there? I don't know. I got to have him on the show too. He can talk yeah. to me about his. Uh... You should see if he's online right now. No. Uh, Protector 101. Check out my music. Uh, Protector101.bandcamp.com. I'm only really concerned about how to pronounce Kimmy's name, and he's not online. 
Harvinen. That sounds like a hockey player's name. Anders Harvinen. Crack into the boards. All hockey names are like that. That's why I can't have sport. I mean, a I don't. I'm not really a sports guy, but. Being up here in Canada, since everyone likes you know hockey and you hear hockey conversations, and they're all very similar, and it's basically just lists of like Eastern European names and whether or not they played well or not. So it's just like, oh, and then Villeneuve got traded for Petronov, and Vilicek got uh, Petronov or whatever, and like that's all a hockey conversation is. It's just a list of Eastern European names, uh. and the coach always has like a. You know, like just a strong like North American name. Like so Brown. It's like, yes, I can't Coach believe Brown. Robert's traded fucking. And then it, the rest of the names are all like Belichick <laughs> and Felicilov and whatever. And like that. <laughs> and that's hockey in a nutshell, everybody. So you and I should do uh, stand-up comedy where like we video chat each other and we just like just rip it. We improv for like seven minutes on stage, and the. Pr- and the projector will show me on your stage. The projector will show you on my stage. And we'll call it we'll call it the show that no one watched. And I think we should call it that because then ironically, once one become famous, it'll be like, oh, those guys are so clever. <laughs> <laughs> We've got the best fans. Hey, man, since Halloween was uh, over a month ago now. It's just about a month and a half. The, uh, yeah. The... <laughs> You uh, released a cool new track. It was your Halloween track titled Halloween. Si, senor. This was a cool song, actually. I really dug this one. So let's let's listen to uh, Halloween by Hoo-Ha.
was hoo-ha with halloween i didn't i didn't say anything to lead into my song that time and uh, it doesn't matter because we're going to talk about it now i'm i'm still joined with uh, with hoo-ha mike mendoza and uh you wrote this song around halloween i didn't do a halloween show so i didn't play any halloween songs maybe it's inappropriate to play halloween songs this close <laughs> to christmas <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing. Everyone's all upset about stupid things now, so you never know. That's right. Sometimes you put your all into a song that you don't really care so much about, whether it's jokey or silly or something. Like It was very 
open-ended and free to it. And I had no idea what I wanted to sing about in the Halloween song. And I kind of th- think it wasn't as Halloween-y as I could have made it. I don't know. That's why I added all the spooky sound effects. <laughs> Just to, like, perfunctory Halloween go through the motions. Here's a werewolf. <laughs> Here's some spooky crickets. <laughs> you commented. You said it's one of my coolest uh, choruses in a long time. Well, I think, yeah, I think the chorus is really catchy. Like, it's a good chorus. Yeah, and that's just me goofing off, I guess. When I try hard, the music doesn't come out as I want it to. But when I start to goof off more... I'm going to write this down. Uh, You got a pen and paper, Andy? Yeah. Hold on. I'm always afraid on Halloween night. (laughs) No, that was your cue to shuffle papers around. (laughs) I did. Oh, sorry. You know what I actually did? I just really picked up the papers, but I didn't make a show of, like, the sound effect. <laughs> because, you know, this show is on camera, so. Uh, and I'm Andy Last. Yeah, well, you know the old saying. And I am Andy Last. <laughs> I don't know why I turned into a, a robber. I've been trying to learn people's accents, but I haven't uh, been very successful or gotten very far with it. Try to do Edwards. I tried to do Marcos. Edward doesn't really have an accent to me. Like, it seems like the typical uk accent and like adam mcnab and those guys is like it's like fucking out of the world crazy side you don't even yeah, like yeah, they kind of sound like they're jamaican <laughs> drug dealers in the uk you know when they'd be like talking about come around here tell me where the bummer claw want to come around like my favorite if we're going to talk about jamaican drug dealers is the fucking bad guy in predator 2 <laughs> that character is so awesome just like he from the other side you don't see the demon. No, what's it? What's the line? You don't see the eyes of the demon. Till him come calling. <laughs> Fucking Predator and 2 is awesome. I always thought that the the Jamaican guy in Bad Boys 2 was basically a ripoff of that character in Predator. He's like, the devil is not welcome in my house. <laughs> I was because it's like it's over the top and it's ridiculous. Predator Two is such a strange film. <laughs> like when you consider it's just a sequel to Predator and has all these crazy like cartoon characters in it. The Predator happens to be there as weird voodoo fucking drug dealer characters. There was a lot of voodoo going on on this side of the nineties. Before then, it was like wacky science or e- maybe even magic. But then, like past nineteen ninety, voodoo started getting into it. I don't know. Like we got Weekend at Bernie's too. Yeah, that's true. That was also voodoo. I love just how, like, in Predator 2, like, Danny Glover's character really cares to get information from this drug dealer. And then he wastes all his time taking him out to, like, this back alley just to tell him literally bullshit. And then that still made it into the movie. Because, like, we know the Predator is from space. But (laughs) but then we have to waste all this time with this fucking, like, coked-out drug dealer who thinks he's a demon from the other side or whatever, which has no part or any... story purpose or anything <laughs> and then he just gets his head cut off like two seconds later and he has a does he have a sword cane i gotta watch it again because <laughs> i know he challenges uh, the predator cane? to fight and then just no, I this, think, like, um, cut away to his severed head like it's such a ridiculous he from the other side <laughs> you don't see the eyes of the, the uh the cinematography in that movie is amazing every single shot they had like 40 smokers smoking cigarettes and blowing it right in front of the camera oh yeah <laughs> like it went for that like smoky 80s effect <laughs> especially in the newsroom at the beginning with like um who is it like gary Busey or nick nolte uh Busey's in that one okay yeah there's like just so much smoke in there yeah there's that weird scene because i haven't seen it in a while but i remember yeah and there's that scene where like Busey gets like cut in half and like his torso kind of doesn't dis- it disappears 
like he, Predator shoots one of his like flying saw blades, and then you just see like Busey's legs fall down, but you don't <laughs> see what happens to the torso. And that's how Busey dies in that film. Gary Busey. <laughs> and then you cut to the clip. So, like, just rip it from YouTube and just put it in there. It'll make a great audio clip. And that's how Busey dies. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Fucking Busey. <laughs> we could probably wrap up. We went through your oeuvre, but uh, do you have anything to say? You got. S- I can give you an exclusive song that's never been heard before. Are we assuming that you're going to write one of those between now and when this airs? No, no, I've got it. I've got it pretty much finished. It's called Hot Girls, and I'm going to be releasing my album January 1st. It's going to be amazing. Ooh, that's exciting. How many tracks? I'm not sure. I'm just kind of like, uh, I'm collecting a lot of ones that I haven't put together officially. Mm-hmm. So like I'll release uh, Khaki and Outrunning and My Fantasy again. And then I have some other collabs working up. Okay. Uh, I'm going to be doing a collab with um, Bart Graft, who is super, super cool. Everything he does is just like dripping with 80s gold. Wait, who's that? Do I know him? He's an Irish lad. Bart Graft, he released Art Exhibition on RetroPromenade.Bandcamp.com. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard Smooth. of him. Uh, it's good. Uh, maybe you have, maybe you haven't heard of him. You're a busy guy. I, I can uh, let you slide. <laughs> okay. No, no, but listen to it. Listen to Bart Graft Art Exhibition. It's a great album. You're going to feel like you're um, you're having a dream and that you were in the 80s. Do you want to end on one of his songs? Yeah, let's do that. Because we can throw to that because as everybody knows, you are the curator of the Retro Promenade. Si, senor. That's label me. that's not a label. It's not a label. It's an online music brand. <laughs> <laughs> do you sell watches? I sell watches. Uh, we're about to start selling socks, sublimated socks that are printed all over. You know what I really want to sell? What? Perfect strangers. There's a there's a few wacky like ugly sweaters that um, cousin Larry wears all the time. And uh, if I I want to like redesign them to fit a t-shirt. The perfect strangers song is awesome. Standing tall. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's uh, let's end on that note. Uh, you said you wanted to pick a, a Bart Graft song to end the show on, so which which one do you want to pick? It would be Terminal Calm. I feel like I'm in a, like a video game world immediately the second I hear it. It's so fun, so retro. I'm not even into slow tracks, but this song really, like, gets me going, if you know what I mean. Mm, sexually. Sexually. In the pants. <laughs> <laughs> Why does everything we do in this community turn to sex? Well, because it's mostly dudes. No, no matter what Mixler chat room we're in for what show or whatever post that comes up in Synthetics, people are talking about jizzing and masturbating and titties at every post. There was a post of a freaking animation of laser grids and one was a face and one was a dick and the face was eating the laser grid dick. I don't know who made that, <laughs> but what is going on, guys? We're all like 30 years old now. Listen, I've been trying to maintain a decorum of respect and dignity. Every single one of your jokey songs has the word titties in them. <laughs> I encourage it. It's, it's funny. It's actually funny. This is the problem. We all need to grow up. That's the problem, Andy. <laughs> well, the synthwave scene is an interesting place. <laughs> That's all you got to say. <laughs> That's what you're saying, right? That's, That's all I'm saying, man. That's all I'm saying. And this has been another great episode of Beyond Synth. 
Do you want to? Do you have any goodbye words for me? This is the hoo ha. SoundCloud.com slash the hoo ha. Twitter.com slash the hoo ha. Facebook.com slash the hoo ha. Instagram.com slash the hoo ha. AndyLast.com. SoundCloud.com slash Beyond Synth. This is Terminal Com by Bart Graft. And I'll talk to you all next week on Beyond Synth. <laughs> <laughs>